Welcome back to 9to5Photographer, the podcast to help professional photographers and filmmakers get more shoots, make more money and spend more time doing the things they love. And today, if you want to grow your photography business from what it is now to something bigger, then this is a podcast episode for you. You're going to hear from someone who moved to a new area, a new country for that matter, and started with an audience of zero, like literally nobody and I'm not just talking about no existing clients I'm talking about no contacts no network not a single person that he knew but he created and grew his own successful business from scratch and he's going to show you exactly how he did it his name is Stuart Beebe and Stuart and I first met when we were both working in the corporate space you may or may not know that before I went full-time as a photographer I worked in the IT and telecom sector so did Stuart, not for the same company, but we were both working in the same industry. But six years ago, Stuart and his family moved out of the UK, and that was when he decided to start his own business as a family photographer, then expanding into professional headshots. Now, you're going to hear his story, but also you're going to pick up some great tips on how to grow your own business. So let's jump into that and meet Stuart right now. Stuart, first of all, thank you for being here today. How are you doing in your part of the world? Amazing to be here too, Simon, and uh, thank you very much for inviting me. Very excited to be here. Stuart, where I am here in the UK, it's currently uh, 4.41 in the afternoon. Tell us what time of day it is with you and where you are. Sure. So I'm uh, just outside of Boston, a lovely town called Sudbury in Massachusetts. The time is now 11.40, so uh, I'm five hours uh, behind you. And so you've been, hang on, you've been out there for how long, did you say? Uh, about six years now. Yep. So okay. we moved out here. Six, it was actually for my wife's uh, job, Wendy. She uh, she got transferred over here. We were given the opportunity to uh, to move here, uh, mm-hmm. and it was a big life changing decision. So we uh, the easy thing was actually to say no, but then we thought, uh, you know what, <laughs> we didn't want to live a life of saying, well, you know, I wonder what would have happened. So we decided to go for it, and uh, you know, just just t- took the plunge and and uh, and dive right in, and uh, we we moved over here, and it's been. Uh, an amazing adventure. We love it. Okay, so that was six years ago. So that, that leads on perfectly to my next question, which is, you know, just to give our listeners a little bit of context, can you tell us just a bit about your your family situation? We know where you are in, in the world um, and what you used to do before photography. Sure. So, um, well, before photography, I was in the uh, the technology industry uh, in sales and marketing. In fact, that's when we first got to know each other, Simon. Many I think years you worked ago. at Samsung. Was it Samsung or Computer uh, Associates? Samsung. Uh, yeah, I've, I've worked at Samsung, Computer Associates, um, and then I was in you know, IT distribution. Pretty much, you know, I had a, an eighteen year career, you know, in sales and marketing, channel management. Um, and actually, when we moved here, um, this is really where I got into photography. It kind of became uh, a lot more serious for me because I was interested in photography when I was in the UK. Uh, but when we moved here, I couldn't actually work for the first sort of three or four months uh, because I didn't have the visa to work. So my wife went off to work. My son, Oliver, went into school and I was left at home. Uh, and after you've done the cleaning and <laughs> taking, care <of> the, <laughs> taking care of all the uh, the household errands, I thought, well, look, you know, I was kind of scratching my you know, head and thinking, well, what am I going to do with this time? You know, I didn't know where I was going to work or where I'd end up. So I thought, you know, I'm going to take a, you know, a, a course uh, in photography and kind of start taking it a little bit more seriously. You know, I really kind of knew the basics, but I really kind of wanted to really get to grips with it. And I started the course and just, I just fell in love with it really. And then I started learning through, you know, YouTube a lot faster. Uh, YouTube's mm. an amazing resource. And, uh, and I think really, you know, it's like it with anything, the more you do something, the better and easier it becomes. So I kind of dropped the course halfway through it. I just mm-hmm. found it was moving too slowly. 
I guess if, as well, if you're passionate about something like that, then you're going to naturally just do it in your spare time, aren't you? Instead of waiting for the next lesson. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. And, and uh, I was actually using our new life and our experience uh, in, and I was sharing that uh, experiences and, and life and new scenery and surroundings through photography. So I was actually uploading a lot of the, the photography I was doing, the landscapes hmm. um, online, you know, to social media, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, because really that's, you know, it was actually landscape was my first kind of, you know, introduction into uh, photography because um, I think it's a great way to learn. Anybody that's learning photography, uh, I think it's great because you really get to grips with the technology. It's just you and the landscape. There's no pressure at all. It's just like, you know, really learning the settings and learning about light. And it was, it was a great way to learn. It was great to share. And I was getting more and more positive feedback from my, from my friends online and, um, and, I started my uh, a, a job, which is very is actually an identical job to what I was doing in the UK back in sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, I was, you know, it was actually tra- traveling across uh, the US. I was like managing, you know, accounts and, you know, so I was doing sales and marketing. But then what I would do is I would get up before my meetings, like before dawn and wherever I was in the States or Canada, I would get up and go and shoot like a, a sunrise or perhaps awesome. after my meetings in the day that I would go and uh, find, um, you know, a, a sunset somewhere, you know, to, so I, I would always have my camera on me and I, just the passion was just there. And I just mm. loved it. When you then transitioned from that into doing it for a living, did you find that, uh, th- that you were nervous about trans- uh, transitioning across uh, or did you also find that because you were getting sort of this social proof, social proof by putting your landscape pictures on like social media and various people were liking them, I'm guessing that they were more friends and family, were they? Absolutely. Exactly right. So um, uh, it was just about a, sort of a, a year later that I actually decided to create my website. And so I built my own website and uh, again, really not knowing uh, what uh, I really want, where I wanted this to go. Um, but I'd always wanted to run my own business for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never knew what it, that was going to be. And somebody once said to me that you'll know what it's going to be when it comes along. Mm-hmm. And then it, it was like, you know, it's epiphany. Essentially it was like, Oh, hang on. I've just loved this photography. It's what I'm all about. And mm-hmm. perhaps this is my opportunity now to make something of this. Mm-hmm. I never knew where it was going to go. So I started the website and initially it was literally just friends, um, locally here, uh, because a big thing actually for, families here in the u.s certainly here in the northeast it's to have family photos uh, in the fall in the autumn uh, and that we we put, put family photos on front of the holiday card you know, the christmas card and send them out to our friends and family right so family photography here is huge um, mm. and i actually happen to live uh, in Sudbury, the town i live in i happen to literally live half a mile away from probably one of the most popular places in well, certainly in Boston Metro West, where people come to have their photos. Uh, it's a big wedding venue. Mm-hmm. Um, so people love having their photos there. And families love to have their photos in the uh, autumn. So initially, my initial you know, part sort of on the side work was taking photos of family that I knew. I was working at the same time. And then it got to the point where, you know, then that grew and they, they recommended me to to uh, you know friends and family i was doing little events and stuff and charity events etc locally and then it got to the point when i was working still full-time job that i was having to make excuses at work 
for me to go and do, you know, I'd have to take the afternoon off. So I was earning money on the side initially, uh, but they got to the point then about a year later uh, in 2017, that I thought, you know what, I just need to need to do this. I just need to you know, take the plunge and just go for it and just sort of announce to the world that I'm going to be a full-time photographer. Hmm. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. Fortunately, I'm in a, was in a position here where, you know, because we moved from my wife's job and her career, you know, she's pretty well advanced in her career. Uh, we, you know, we looked at the numbers and we thought, well, you know, we can make this work, but I, you know, I had to make it work pretty quickly, but you know, we could, I still had that kind of little buffer. It wasn't just all on me to go and earn, you know, six figures on day one, right? Mm. It was, there was always going to be a little bit of a break in in period and allow me to grow this thing. Stuart, I love the way you said you, you, you both looked at the numbers. Um, so oh. I'm guessing that your wife was fully on board with what it was you were doing. She was on board because she knew that that's what would make me happy, bless her. And, um, and yeah, you know, ultimately, Simon, you know, I just wasn't happy after 17 or 18 years in this career. It just, you know, even though the money was good, like, you know, earning a pretty decent you know, six-figure salary, mm-hmm. um, you know, money was good, uh, good career opportunities. But honestly, it just, I wasn't passionate about it. It just, mm. you know, and when you get to your, into your 40s, I mean, I'm 48 now, but I think you just start questioning, well, what's important in life? You know, do you want to be happy or do you want to earn loads of money? Uh, it'd be great if you can earn the both together. And fortunately now, you know, I'm getting to that point now where I'm back up to those kind of levels, uh, you know, sort of three and a half years in. Um, I'm now enjoying both. I'm enjoying, you know, a pretty decent uh, you know, income with the business. I just absolutely love what I do. So, Stuart, give us, give us a breakdown about the sort of photography that you do. You mentioned family photography, but what else mm. do you do and what portion of what you do is family? Sure. So, uh, actually, initially, like I say, it all just really started with family. Um, and then um, when I went full time, it was, again, we, we live in a, you know, a beautiful place here in Sudbury, Massachusetts. And uh, our property also comes with a, a, a sort of three bay garage. And above that, we had a, an apartment, like a granny annex. And when we first bought the place, we, I said, oh, perhaps one day I could maybe work from here. And so we, when I went full time, I decided that, uh, well, we, we agreed that we would develop that studio apartment and actually make it into a photography studio. So we spent a bit of money, we did it up, um, and it's, it's now a fully functioning studio. So, so now my day-to-day business is essentially doing business headshots. Um, and uh, I also do high school senior shoots there, uh, you know, dating online dating profiles. I do acting headshots. So my data, I would say now that I'm, you know, a headshot and portrait photographer. Mm. So that really evolved from being the family photographer uh, into now more business headshots and, um, you know, personal branding portraits. You, you say online dating portrait photo. I, I'd never even, I never even knew such a thing existed. Maybe I've been married for too long myself. Sure. <laughs> no, right. I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I mean, but uh, no, absolutely. So if um, uh, th- those people that I've done that for generally are, should we say they're having a second stab at life, you know, they're perhaps previously married and they're now going to go to the online dating world and they can afford, you know, rather than having their selfies online, they, you know, they oh, wanna, yeah, yeah, they, you know, they're yeah. using the online dating and they want to put some beautiful photos on there. So they, mm. They use a professional photographer to do that for them. Mm. I have to say that's, I don't do that day in, day out, but there's, you know, I've done a lot of them for, for mm. you know, men and women, actually. Um, mm. so, um, in fact, I was actually on a, uh, a dating uh, coach uh, Facebook live show uh, about sort of four months ago. He asked oh, me to come yeah. on. Yeah. So he, what this guy did, he was helping people find their, 
their true love in life. And we got talking and he said, well, I want you to come on and say how important it is to have, you know, great uh, profile photos to mm. help you find the love of your life. So yeah, you know, it definitely, um, there's a market there for sure. And how, how important would you say it is to, um, to, to gain that sort of, or, or to increase your exposure by, by being on something like a Facebook live, whatever that was? Well, I mean, I'm into like you, I mean, I'm into marketing. Um, you know, my career was sales and marketing and, um, uh, you'll probably agree that being a photographer, uh, it's not just about being a good photographer. It's really about how you market yourself because let's be honest, anybody with a phone these days, you know, and the phones are amazing, can Mm. be a good or decent or, you know, decent photographer. But how do you differentiate yourself? And it's all really about the marketing. It's about creating that, you know, that want, that desire, that need. Um, So, you know, I firmly believe that, you know, marketing is the, you know, is really what it's all about to, you know, what differentiates us photographers to people that, either want to be a photographer or just somebody with a, a phone or, you know, a posh camera themselves. Um, sure. We have, ex- we have a lot more experience. We understand the technology more, but it's also about, you know, how you can prove that you're, you're adding that value. So that, so anyway, it's a long answer to say that, you know, I see that exposure through shows like that Facebook live, you know, dating, it's just all about exposure. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm really big on that because um, I think marketing it just goes beyond just creating your website and you know some seo and showing on google or maybe some facebook ads i've done all of those but it's also been a, a little bit more subtle as well um mm-hmm. i'm sure you have in your area for example uh like a, a town facebook page yeah we do exactly that yeah right so uh, a strategy that pays off for me time and time again it's just amazing is um you know because remember i i start off life um shooting um landscapes mm-hmm. so i love to get up especially as the seasons change here because we got four beautiful seasons and mm. um when those seasons change i share uh a photo of you know a, a, you know, a great photo of a local um you know well-known spot maybe mm-hmm. some you know a park or a church or something hmm. show show a great uh, photo of that into the town i say oh i, I took this this morning um uh i wanted to share it with you as the town and that just gets probably up to sometimes a thousand likes from people in wow town. fantastic and not only is it, that's not just a thousand likes though that's a, th- a thousand likes of people in your area whereas if that's on your personal uh facebook yeah. profile then you know you might get people back in but back home in the uk liking that but clearly they're not going to be your clients exactly that's right so it's about you know really being strategic i mean again it's it first of all i love to share right i love i love you know helping people and and educating people and anybody asks me anything about you know what camera should they buy or Hmm. you know can you help me with this i 100 i'm I'm the first person there to help anybody um but i I love to share i love to share you know i I have a, a real appreciation of you know nature and the beautiful you know the seasons and stuff and so when I you know, learn how to capture that in a beautiful way, um, I want to share that. And, but absolutely, it's a million percent helped me you know, get that exposure. So I mean, not to brag or anything, but again, if anybody wants to get into photography, you know, you've got to be known as the, or a photographer, certainly the photographer in town, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to be, yeah. And, and so I, sometimes now I have people come up to me and say, oh, you're, you're sure, right? You're, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're the photographer, you know, so it's, it's kind of, that was one of my things that I wanted to get to. That's one of my goals when I decided to make that 
plunge into full-time photography was to be known within town as the you know not just a photographer but the photographer to you know in town and do people know you as the british photographer and if so does that help <laughs> you or does that like hinder you at all i think it helps i mean you know people locally you know, will often you know comment oh i like, I like your accent uh, you know it's difficult to know if it is help or hindrance i mean obviously you get some very you know uh, uh patriotic um uh americans who you know would maybe turn their nose up at the fact that you're british you know mm. but um but i found honestly that it's probably helped more than than hindered uh but you know it's interesting once you live somewhere uh, as i have now for you know six years you forget that you actually forget that and it's you know probably at least once or twice a week somebody says oh i love your accent okay but, right yeah but but then you know you forget it and uh, you, you yeah but people do point it out for sure have, have you have you picked up americanisms since being out there yes uh there definitely some language uh, some words for sure um mm-hmm. i mean i you know i teach my well, i train uh, my son with uh football uh, his football team but of course it's soccer right mm. uh, and you just you just um get into saying these words um yeah there, there's I, I can't even think now it's on my head now you put me on the spot but yeah for sure there are certain things that um and and, and ways and words that we use that i feel like we're american but even, even though i don't sound american but there are certain words that we use for sure no you definitely sound very british still there's no yeah. doubt about that <laughs> that's good that's good yeah um, just in case anyone's wondering, do you shoot Canon, Nikon, Sony? What do you shoot with? Yep. So I shoot Canon. I've got a couple of 5D Mark IVs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've got the, you know, the trio lenses, which covers all areas, you know, the 1635, the 2470 and the uh, 7200. I've also got a, um, uh, I picked up last year, actually, a nice uh, 85 uh, millimeter prime lens. Uh, mm-hmm. 1.2 or 1.4? 1.2 is really nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 nice nice lens, but I tend my my go to setup really when I'm in the studio for you know business headshots, it's the uh, the seventy to two hundred, you mm-hmm. know, off camera flash and you know all this kind of stuff. But that's my go to, and then when I want to get a little bit more creative, perhaps you know it's for you know some uh, maybe a model portfolio or acting portfolio. I like to get more creative in the studio with 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 lighting and perhaps gels on the lights and stuff, you know, I, I even actually have a smoke a fog machine in the studio. As well, <laughs> no which, way. Which, cool. Yeah. It, that's really fun to get out. Yeah. I've, I've used that a couple of times. Um, actually had a, uh, a, a local kind of, uh, well, he's a guy from Boston. He's a, a rapper. He's done a, an album or two. And uh, I thought oh, that'd be perfect to get this kind of smoke out, you know, fog out. Hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was fun. Um, and uh, actually just, couple of months ago i had a guy who was a business guy he was um he was like that kind of alpha male that real and he spotted this fog machine in the um in the corner he says you've got a fog machine he says get that out now he said i want to ha- i want to be surrounded in fog my friend. <laughs> no way he, he, seriously it, it, it was, it, yeah he, he loved it it's great fun i love i love it you know the i don't know if you've ever shot you know flash through through uh fog before or anything you know rain it's uh it gives a great effect Real good effect. And are you just photography, or I mean, a lot of photographers these days are stepping into the world of video as well with with our with our I, mirrorless and DSLR cameras. I love video. Uh, I absolutely love storytelling through uh, video. Absolutely, uh, mm-hmm. and actually, that's another thing um, that uh, really really helped me last year. Actually, I, I made a film, um, a short film, uh, locally. I just did it as a personal project. Um, okay. Um, and it was when COVID-19 first hit the States, um, 
we are actually having a, a movie made actually just around the corner. Um, it's going to be probably, you know, it's being finished now. It's called The uh, the Shrine, uh, and it was starring Jeffrey D. Morgan. But anyway, the reason why I'm telling you that is because there was a whole film crew and cast literally half a mile from where we live, and we would cool. go, yeah, it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, then COVID happened, and they all just vanished. Just literally just the whole, you know, the whole set went, and it was just like gone. It was like deserted. Um, and I just thought, you know what? I, I didn't need, I, We need to document this. We just need to see what's going on as it became more and more. So anyway, I... I got my cameras and my mics and uh and went around town and spoke to businesses and and local residents and um you know i got some really nice footage with my drone as well because i'm now by the way an approved uh, drone pilot nice well done Mm -hmm. so um so i can fly that legally and sell sell the images and video for that anyway but i got so i put together this kind of short film which is around about 12 minutes and shared that into the town and um it just got like overwhelming feedback. And uh, again, I picked up you know, a fair bit of work from that, you know, both photography and video. What I'm learning, Simon, honestly, with, because if you think about it, I've not been a professional photographer for too long, only mm-hmm. now three and a half years full time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, marketing, it's about getting out there in any way you can and not just doing the obvious things, but just doing things, you know, give yourself, give up your time, give, do stuff for the town, or for your area and people really appreciate that hmm. um you know yes you can benefit from it but you know it really all it costs us as artists photographers you know um filmmakers is our time so i put a lot of love and passion into that and um yeah it paid off big time and I'm, i was very proud of that actually very proud of that piece that i put together so i love video and in fact i've just just pulled the trigger actually uh, this week on because uh, i want to get more serious with video I've just pulled the trigger on a C200, the uh, nice. Canon okay. yeah. C200 cinema cam. So I'm excited to, that's on its way. I did a did a, an eBay secondhand thing, but you know, it was um, still you know, a, a fair investment. Uh, but um, I'm looking forward, to, looking forward to getting my hands on that because I've, I've done everything so far on my 5D Mark IVs, but I don't know if you've ever shot video on your DSLRs and they're pretty limiting. I mean, they give you good quality, but they're still limiting with what they can do really. Stuart, I just want to jump back to your business a little bit. Yeah, you, you mentioned about uh, about how you started it. Well, you mentioned why you started it, and and then how you grew it in the early days. If you could go back and do it differently, is there anything that you would change? Is there any uh, different approach that you might take, or or any uh, any uh, any way that you went with the business in the early days that now looking back you think mm, I probably shouldn't have gone there because that ended up being a waste of time? Yeah, that's a great question. Um... You know, I was really keen to put myself out there in in all sorts of ways. Uh, initially, I would do you know free shoots and stuff for people, uh, which I think you know is is good for when you're building. <clears throat> sorry, uh, when you've got to build a portfolio, I'm pretty proud of where I've got to so far in, in a relatively short time. So it's it's been a lot of work, Simon. Honestly, um, it's been a lot of grind and a lot of commitment and passion. I'm trying to think, you know, if I do anything differently. Maybe uh, maybe charge more <laughs> initially, uh, you know, because it's easy to go out there and say, "Oh, I do that for free," or "I do this for free," and then you realize actually how much work is, is you know involves. But that comes with experience, right? That just comes with uh, you know, it's like you know when you go and do an, uh, an event, uh, for example, you know, all the photos you've got to filter through after that just to deliver these photos. You know, it, there's a lot of work, probably more work that goes back on in the studio afterwards than the actual time you spent there. So. But that all just comes with, along with um, 
experience. But then when I look back on that, I still think, well, anything I did for free, I still made sure that there was something in it for me in terms of like, if I did a, a, an event for free for like a local charity or nonprofit, I said, I'll do it for free, no problem. I'm going to share the photos in the gallery, but anybody that enters that gallery is going to give me an email address. So then you'll get, you think, well, okay, I've got that email address now. So now I can email them just with, um, you know, some marketing, for example, some talk to them about some offers. Hmm. And so I, I was really kind of um, doing stuff initially just to really go and grab sort of data from people so that, you know, um, I could market to them down the line really. And so that, that kind of worked. Um, so do you have uh, a system of like regularly emailing different people in your, in your database or do you sort of email people individually? No, I have a, I, I use a MailChimp and okay. uh, I, I segment the database. I sort of see where they've come from, you know, how you know, they could be just a gallery um, entry. Um, but of course, you know, I make sure that they're, they're okay. You know, I always give people the option to unsubscribe. I, I never go too much with email. I don't do these kind of, you know, weekly or monthly camp you know i generally think if i'm going to run a campaign i think who is going to who is this relevant for hmm. so i've segmented my database uh for example if i'm running like a, a family session special in the fall uh, in the autumn sorry um then i will just send that out to the families locally okay so and and, and honestly it pays off right it, it really honestly email marketing is is great in terms, you know, as long as um, using the right language, using the images, and 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 give a really clear call to action, it it always pays off for me. Um, Stuart, tell me more about why you think that's great. Because I'm with you on the same page. I also mm. do do the same things that you're talking about. But I know a lot of photographers, and some possibly some people listening to this, tend to either store email addresses in a in a spreadsheet and then kind of not really do anything with it or they don't even store them at all and they just don't communicate with, with any prospects yeah. like that. Tell us more about why you think it's so important to have an effective email marketing strategy. Oh, it's, it's huge. Uh, because, uh, again, this is all goes back for my sales and marketing days in, you know, when I was in the corporate world, but, um, you know, for some, first of all, you've got to think about, well, if somebody's willing to give you their email address off, obviously you're offering something of value to somebody. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. and once you have their email address, it's like literally like, you know, it's the modern day. I have your home address essentially. So, you know, previously we would receive, you know, stuff through the post through our letterbox, but now we send through the email. Hmm. Um, and I think it's hugely important because once you've got an email, then it's free to market to them. Right. Hmm. Because hmm. as you know, when you, if you advertise on Facebook or, you know, Google AdWords, or whatever, that costs money. Hmm. And if, if you're spending that money, in Google or Facebook or Instagram or wherever you, Pinterest, wherever you're spending, if if then that then follows that they land on your website and then to get a price for maybe a session that they have to give you their email address, well, you've got you've you've essentially you know you've invested money to get that to that point with them. Hmm. Hmm. Once they've given their email address and perhaps they've received the information and um, they've thought about it and perhaps life happens and they decide not to go for it just then, well you've still got them for next year or the year mm. after that or the, and actually I, that's proven to me time and time again, where somebody's made an inquiry, maybe sort of two or three years ago, they've never actually done anything mm -hmm. because initially they were just scratching around and you know, they were serious, but they just didn't execute on it. Right. But mm. then you put another offer in front of them and it, it hits them at the right time. And then yes, thanks. So all that time and investment uh, and creativity that you've come up with, you know, on any marketing campaign, 
when you've got that email address, that's, that's a win. Um, mm. and, and I mean that in a positive way, you know, because you always make sure that you give people the option to, to opt out, which again mm-hmm. is another reason why you should use services such as, you know, MailChimp or constant contact, because you get that, you know, you, you're, you're applying to the, you're doing anything to regulations, right? And you're mm. giving people the option to opt out. So that's another reason why you should avoid, I think, personal emails. Yeah, because uh, things like that, systems like that, you can't actually take out the unsubscribe option. You physically can't do it. So every email that you send out will have an unsubscribe option clearly down at the bottom, which right. anybody can click. <clears throat> right. Um, but uh, so it, I just think uh, it's such an important thing now I've, I've now got a database now i think of almost three thousand people so um which is yeah i'm, I'm proud proud of again that's i get mu- as much um pleasure uh and uh you know i get pumped up uh with things like that just as much as i do photography so i have a real love of actually running a business as well as my love of photography right i you know even when i'm not working not being paid to do photography if you talk about what my hobby is, well, my hobby is still photography. I still go out and shoot landscapes or, you know, I still love, you know, and if I've not got any work on in a couple of days, then I think, well, what, what video should I make? You know, I, I just love creating stuff, but then I also love just, I, I, I see you know, coming up with a, a campaign is just part of that create that creativity as well. And I love creating stuff and it gives me such a buzz when you've created, created a campaign or just done a something. And people said, yes, I want that. Thanks. And they actually, you know, hand over their, their, their dollars to you to do that. I just, but again, it's just proving that clients see value in what you're offering. So they're willing to give you their, their, their money for it. I a huge, huge, huge fan of automation. I love like probably most people love shopping online. I love, you know, doing stuff that's easy and simple, right? That's a huge thing for me. I just want to make things as simple and as easy as as possible for people. So when they see something, they click on it, they've booked, um, so most people that I see that I take pictures of, I've never even spoken to them or seen them before. They just walk into the studio. And <laughs> no way. Booked, and they, they've already paid for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And, and I think that's a huge success, right? Because, well, it's a huge thing that I think to be proud of is if somebody's even not even spoken to you, they've just based their initial investment. They've spent money on you. They have booked you hmm. based on the words and the pictures that you're using hmm. in your marketing. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love the fact that, that and, and, and I say to people you know how did you find me and what how did you find the experience of booking great very simple in fact that's why i booked you because you had all the answers there in front of me uh, and then you made it easy to book Stuart, you mentioned the uh, uh the, the c200 so clearly you're looking to do more video in the future tell us yeah. a little bit more about that so sure, sure yeah i mean uh i i want i'm definitely in the market to look in for now expanding the uh the business uh into uh to more video services mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've done, you know, some video projects for, for clients. I, I really enjoy the process. Uh, did some, uh, some short films for a nonprofit organization last year and they went down great. Um, so yeah, I, I want to be taken more seriously for filmmaking. Um, and you know, I love it because it's storytelling, right? It's, 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 it's about, you know, come up with an idea and making that happen. I love um, learning through, video i mean i'm a huge fan of like watching stuff on youtube and stuff i've learned a lot of things on youtube and then at the same time i give back by sharing stuff that i've learned on youtube 
So I'm trying to build up my YouTube channel in that way as well. To if I've learned something new, I think well, this, you know, maybe if I've struggled to learn something, maybe mm-hmm. it's something quite technical. I think, well, I've really struggled to learn this. I, I need to share this with people to to make it easier for them. Because other people might be struggling to learn the same thing. Exactly. And maybe they haven't achieved it. Yeah. And I, I love giving back in that way. I love making stuff to say, you know, here you go. Um, this is what I found. These are the things that I needed to, to make this happen. You know, I want to help you do this as well. It sounds awesome. So, so what, what kind of things then have you achieved or learned um, that you shared with other people? Yeah. So actually, it's probably my most successful video on, on YouTube. And like I said, I'm still building the channel, right? But uh, one of the most successful things is actually when, when we went to lockdown uh, and when we were doing more Zoom meetings, um, I thought there's got to be I, the, the little webcam on my um, laptop here just is not cutting it. I want to, again, it's all about the branding, right? You want to look and sound good on, on video when you're having meetings with people. How do I use my DSLR or my GoPro? And it wasn't a straightforward. It wasn't just a case of plugging it into the, uh, the laptop. So mm-hmm. there was additional cables required and a little device called a cam link. And so you had to, had to go and find all this out and it was a struggle initially. And then when it kind of all clicked together, I thought, well, I'm going to make a video on this, show people how to do it. And, you know, I think so far it's now up to 20,000 views and I've got subscribers from it. Not many, but, but here's the kicker as well. It's what I love is obviously the little links you share in, in those, uh, those videos, people Mm -hmm. are clicking on it and making their purchases. So Mm. I'm helping people, but I'm also getting a little bit of a kickback from the Amazon affiliate stuff as well. (laughs) Not much, but it's still a little bit of pocket money. It's funny though, that you're um, in in a very British way, if you don't mind me saying, sort of playing down the fact that it's only, I'm doing sort of air quotes when literally, uh, as I'm saying, only, 20,000 views because I, I don't know many of my friends at all that have created a video put it on YouTube and got 20,000 views and do you think that there is a tendency for all of us whether we're photographers filmmakers or or anybody trying to make it in the world to instead of comparing ourselves to where we were before we tend to compare ourselves to like if Peter McKinnon had created something like that and how many likes he would have or how many views he would have right right you said well that's a good point I mean that guy is uh He's a bit of a, a rock star, right? I mean, he's just rocketed, uh, you know, in, in what he does. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at, for example, Pete McKinnon, and he's got like 5 million you know, subscribers and, you know, like hundreds of thousands of views for his videos. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I was kind of proud with having that, you know, that 20,000. It's definitely been my most successful video. Um, and I, I want to do more, but the trouble is I get so busy in the, in the autumn, the fall, with my photography and, and video that I, I I kind of ran out of that momentum. So actually this time of year forward, you know, maybe the first six months of the year is when I start creating more videos, but I'm just still coming up with ideas about what I can teach and educate next. The obvious, the obvious thing of course would be to teach on photography, but there's so much competition on YouTube with, <laughs> with uh, you know, uh, if you want to show somebody or teach people about a certain technique with photography, there's just hundreds and thousands of videos out there that people are doing the same thing. So it's really trying to find that little niche about, mm, you, know, mm. a, you know, what am I going to teach about for it to be viewed? Because I'm sure you've done stuff of it for YouTube. It's that process is quite, you know, it takes a lot of thought 
um, you've got to edit it. And I've, I do so many takes when I'm talking in front of the camera. It takes me a long time to actually make a video. <laughs> and so then when you put it out there and you realize that actually it's only had like 100 views, you're like, oh, all that work. And it's like, ah. Uh. Because I guess nobody sees all of the work that you put into creating it. Absolutely. And so there is a lot of work that goes on behind it. And so I do have a lot of, um, you know, I admire people like, you know, the Pete McKinnons of the world and all these people that have got all these subscribers and followers and, and, and do all this uh, these great videos because uh, I know actually how much work is involved and how, how much it, you know it takes to, to put together but no I, I you know I love to challenge myself and push myself and so that's something that I really want to keep pursuing uh, you know even just talking in front of a camera for me initially was really really tough when I was back in my corporate job one of the big barriers I always found I don't know if you've ever spoken on stage before and and somebody's actually handed you like a microphone hmm. and that for me whenever I was in my <clears throat> the corporate world talking on stage with a microphone, I just crumbled. I just I hated it. Um, I don't know what it was. It was just that mental barrier. And I, I, initially, I found it really, really difficult just talking into the camera. You know, I, mm. I, I was much more comfortable being the other side of the camera. <laughs> a, lot more, a lot more comfortable. But there's something about having a camera in front of you that does create that. Uh, there was a, about uh, four or five months ago, I was videoing somebody who, who was so nervous being in front of the camera that he was physically shaking. But he, he, he had a, a job where he said to me that he regularly spoke to eight or 900 people in one room in one place. And he said he's completely comfortable with that. But when oh. it was just me and a camera, then he was, he was literally shaking his hands. Yeah, it's a really, really strange uh, thing. I can, I can appreciate that. I don't go that bad with it. But uh, yeah, I guess that's the beauty of uh, editing, right, and cutting. Uh, but um but yeah, it's um, it's it's something I'm still going to deal with. But again, I just love to push myself. I, 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 I love to um, do new things and try new things. I, you know, I, I don't like just doing the same thing day in day out. Hmm. So uh, you know, to be challenged, to push myself, to learn something new is is really um, what, what I love to do. I need to ask you something, which I'm asking every guest on this podcast, which is to ask you about non-photography things. I'm asking hmm. three things that you're into right now. And one thing that you would like to throw into the world of never, ever seeing again. And actually, you're not allowed to say COVID for that one. Oh, that's a challenge, that one. <laughs> wow. Because that's the obvious one, isn't it? I'm about to say, that, is, that. in fact, when you said that, I thought, well, obviously it's COVID. Mm. Um, okay. Okay, let's go with this then. So three things that I, well, are we allowed to say like TV shows or whatever? It can be absolutely anything, quite by chance. I hadn't realised you were in Boston, by the way. I knew you were in Massachusetts, but I hadn't realised you were sort of near Boston. And last night, my wife and I watched The Departed, which is just oh, a yeah. great film. Absolutely fantastic. It's pretty gripping, that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, okay, so well, TV sh series or shows, I mean, we actually just finished The Crown uh, Series 3 last night. Okay, and um so hang on what what year does that take us up to with with the end so of that series takes three? us up to um is it oh i think it was series three wasn't it yeah um yeah i get i get confused with the numbers i won't lie yeah i think anyway the the, the last series anyway but the um the, okay so we got yeah. diana but she hasn't we're, died yeah we're exactly so we're up to uh the point where thatcher left but that series has been absolutely brilliant i mm. absolutely love it so definitely the crown uh, we were, we actually deliberately paced ourselves with that one rather than just binge watch it so we loved the crown uh we also loved uh, the undoing as well uh, oh i don't know that 
that's really, really gripping. That's good with uh, Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Very, very good. And Hugh Grant's actually done a lot of really good stuff recently. So definitely uh, Hugh Grant. Have you seen The Gentleman with Hugh Grant? I have seen that. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was really good. So can I count as my third? The Gentleman's third. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Go on. Um, and, now, unless you've got something else to chuck in there. No, I, I think that. So so The Undoing, uh, The Crown for sure. And uh, yeah, The Gentleman's a great movie. In fact, mm. it's probably my wife's favorite. Hmm. Anyway, the thing that I would what's the question? The the thing that I want to throw something away. you want to throw into the world of never seeing ever again. Ooh, ah, uh, do you know what? I think I'm gonna say, ah, yes, to ever work for somebody ever again. Oh, nice, yeah. So, uh, that's probably the biggest driver for me with this whole thing. Uh, I think once you make that step into this world of working for yourself if you can get enough escape velocity if you think from the world of working for somebody actually being paid and, and have a boss hmm. again hmm. so i'd never ever want to see again it, you know it's just i mean don't forget i've had some great bosses in my time mm-hmm. uh who have become very great friends as well hmm. but um to work for yourself is just like a whole new world i absolutely love it and i never want to actually have to work for somebody or a company again so mm. there you go that's what i'll throw and, away and of course and that doesn't mean that when you work for yourself that every day is like a like a walk in the park because you know at the end of the day you, you do have to you have to push yourself forward because you've got nobody saying i need this done by thursday you've got to set your own deadlines in, in a lot of things entirely but do you know what simon i've never been more motivated i i get up at 5 30 every day i'm in the office i can work you know i'll work on a saturday or sunday i don't care my, my darling wife often has to remind me but it's sunday or it's a bank holiday Stuart. You know, it's, it's a, uh, oh yeah yeah but i just please can i i just love it I just, <laughs> but I just, and, and if you love your work then it's not work that's what they say right i just yeah i love it sure yeah. i mean i get don't get it wrong i mean when you know when it gets crazy crazy busy it can feel i think it was at the end of 2020 i i actually needed the time off hmm. because hmm. i didn't want to look through my camera for another second because hmm. you know i i do a couple of um big schools here actually uh, local schools um you know middle school and, and the high school um school photos and they are big undertakings in mm. terms of the, the work that's involved um, these are the photos that go to parents is that right yep exactly yeah okay yeah. right so right. um but but that was uh, that's been a big uptick on um, on the on the business um this this year and again going back to that marketing thing so i mean is is the opportunity i now have you know to you know these are now all clients and customers of mine so mm-hmm. the way I, I look at the world is everybody needs a great quality you know business headshot right mm-hmm. a profile photo mm-hmm. so when somebody says well what who's your market who's your typical client well everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> I, that's, that's how i see it i i see the world as just one big opportunity mm-hmm. um i don't i don't really consider competition uh, you know there's so many photographers out there these days that i don't see them as competition i just see well anybody that says yes to me it's um that that's just shows the amount of opportunity there is out there yeah it's a great way to look at it isn't it great way to look at it it's huge yeah it's really just don't worry about competition just do your thing and everybody that says yes to you and is ha- happy to invest in your services then that's that you've done something right Stuart, mate, I think it's a great place to to bring this to an end. We need to wrap this up in a moment. But um, where can listeners go to find you online if they wanted to know more about Stuart Beebe? Well, um, so yeah, Stuart Beebe, and by the way, it's B-B-B-E-E-B-Y. I've spent my life, Simon, spelling my name. Okay, <laughs> hang on, B-E-E-B-Y, is that right? Oh, B-E-E-B-Y. Got okay. it. Yeah, so Stuart with the U-A as well. So I, literally, I spend every day of my life spelling my name to people. <laughs> 
the Stuart Beebe. Uh, you can just put me in Google and you'll find me. I, I have Instagram. I have uh, Facebook. Uh, I, as we've talked about, I have YouTube. And uh, yeah, and obviously I have my website. And so. on all of those platforms, are you searchable on that name? Easy enough to find? Exactly. Yeah, you'll find me everywhere. Stuart Great Beebe. Stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Stuart. I just want to say thank you for your time. Uh, I really appreciate you being here today. I really appreciate you as well. It's been great fun talking to you. Well, can I just say, Simon, actually, uh, your move into this world of photography, because we first got to know each other through actually the corporate world. Uh, you know, you took that, that step first. And, uh, you know, I was um, I admired uh, your courage and commitment to it. And I can see how much you're enjoying yourself. So you're a big inspiration to me, actually, I have to say. So, uh uh, I blame you as well for the, for this, uh, this this step in my life, but I, I also want to thank you because seriously, you've been a you were uh, you know actually quite instrumental in, in my um, uh, in my move forward with this. I'm just glad it's worked out, and and really glad that you're happy and that you're all happy and living in in East Coast USA. Sounds fantastic. It really does. I love it. Yeah. So there we go. And a big, big thank you to Stuart for sharing all of that with us. I know that Stuart, you'll be listening to this right now. So thank you so much. Now, just to recap on that spelling, it's Stuart with a U, not with an E-W, and B-B, which is spelt B-E-E-B-Y. Now, our next episode, we're back in the UK with someone else who used to have a regular employed job, but then became a full-time wedding photographer. So if wedding photography is something you're looking to grow, then you should subscribe right now to this podcast channel so you don't miss that one when it comes out. But in the meantime, thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.